Praise the Lord and welcome, welcome to New Life. We're so glad that you can join us this morning on Facebook and YouTube. And uh, just to remind you, New Life is located at 1021 South Center Street. And I'm Pastor David Kufal, and we welcome you today. We hope that you're having a good day and the Lord will touch you through this message. Now, with everything that was happening this week, teaching school, um, Alvin going home to be with the Lord. Um, I went ahead and worked on the sermon. I was so happy. I got the sermon done on early because I knew I had to get ready for other things. And then I discovered I actually did part four or part five. <laughs> How did I do that? It turned out to be the same numbers, um, 12 through 18, as this sermon for the text. This just happened to be chapter one. That had to be, the, and I thought, how in the world? So I have that one all longhand written out. I just have to go ahead, and slides made for it. I just have to go over there and change all the scriptures on the slides. If I put the right scriptures in. But anyway, that's all right. Those fun things happen. And uh, I still got things done. And we're ready for Monday. Marion, you'll think this is interesting. I wrote down my dog's time to go see the doctor at the wrong time. I thought he got to go at 11 o'clock to go see his doctor, my dog, Sparky. Nope, it was 1 o'clock. I don't know how I did that. I wrote it down. It was my fault. I wrote it down wrong. So I called the vet and I says, well, there's no way I can be there at one. I got to be at a funeral because I'm doing it, you know. And so we're just going to drop him off at eight in the morning and let him fit him in. So poor Sparky has to go all by himself. And so, and uh, he's going to be going. The last time they dropped me off here, all by myself was not what I was looking forward to. <laughs> what is happening this time? So uh, <laughs> hopefully they get done in the morning and we can pick them up. So praise the Lord. Open up to your Bibles to Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1. And starting in verse 12. I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the kingdom, so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard. And to all the rest, that my imprisonment is for Christ. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you and praise you for this message today. I thank you for this series, Lord. Lord, I want to see everyone set free. As we sang this morning, I speak the name of Jesus over this community, over this tri-state area, Lord, to see people set free and come out of what has been holding them back. Lord, touch us today, I pray. And Lord, help me to hide behind the cross so you shine, Jesus. Lord, I need your anointing today to preach this word. I need your touch all of us here need your touch. Everyone listening to my voice needs your touch today, Lord. And I thank you for it. 
And I praise you, Lord, that you can touch our hearts and touch our minds, heal our emotions, heal how we think, that we can put on the mind of Christ and live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Of course, you saw when the screen came, when they put it up there that this, this whole series is talking about Christian living. And this series is how to stifle rotten living. How to stifle rotten li- thinking. Now it's living. I got to get myself. It was a busy week. But rotten living even. See, if our thinking isn't right, our living isn't going to be right. Come on. And this message is really entitled, Focus on Advancing the Gospel. We need to focus on advancing the gospel, and then our living would be right. I thought it was so funny this morning. (laughs) This is hilarious. I didn't get up this morning on time because somebody didn't wake me up when they left the house. (laughs) I didn't go clean church because somebody didn't remind me to go clean church. It was a funny Sunday school, wasn't it? We, I, 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 I don't know. Jeremy and I were chuckling on the inside. It was just so funny. Because, you know, we, we, if we would get our thinking right, we would take the responsibilities we have and do them. Come on. Right? And the number one responsibility we have as Christians is advancing the kingdom of God. Jesus said, go and make what? Disciples. Right? That's what Jesus gave us. And he says, you will be my witnesses. That's all of us here who are saved. And why wouldn't we be? After Jesus did so much for us, because he went to the cross. He demonstrated his love for us. While we were yet sinners, he died for us so that we could be saved and we could be part of his family. We can become children of God. We can be his sons. We can be his daughters. Can you imagine God the Father, when you accepted Jesus in your heart, God the Father became your papa. Now, if you've never known your earthly father, you can know him. That's the cool thing. I have somebody in the church that for years was struggling with that because they never knew their father. Yeah, you do. No, I don't. Yes, you do. No, I don't. Yes, you do. No, I don't. Are you saved? Yes, I'm saved. Who's your father? Oh, yeah, him. (laughs) And the cool thing is, When that realization came in, all of a sudden, that not knowing their earthly father, all went, whatever. Because all of a sudden, he became dad. And all of a sudden, he, he started fathering her in ways her earthly father could never do. And she says, this is so cool, he's my dad. And then the next thing that happened for this individual was that the their mother's husband all of a sudden became, well, pa. 
even though he's a cranky one. <laughs> That's all we'll say about that. But she has a love and appreciation for him, and who's the first one to be there when he needs help? All because he became father. He became papa. He became her Abba father. All because he loved her so much that Jesus died for her. So why wouldn't we want to advance the kingdom? Did you ever think of that? Now, going back to this rotten thinking. I'm going to get that slide right one of these days. <laughs> See? See? Paul who could have gotten down. Paul could have gotten really depressed when he was writing to the Philippians. He's in prison. This is one of his prison books. He's in chains. But Paul had learned to rely on God and the Holy Spirit. So much so, his imprisonment glorified God. How, how do we know that? I want you to know, brother, that what's happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. So it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard. You know the imperial guard? The very ones who were responsible to make sure that Nero wouldn't be killed. The secret service, kind of. The imperial guard. Caesar's own army. The very ones who would turn on Nero and get rid of him later on. And it was driving Nero nuts because his soldiers were getting saved because of Paul. So that it has become known throughout the whole Imperial Garden to the rest that my imprisonment, Paul is all excited, my imprisonment is for Christ. <laughs> this is so, hell! He calls up Hal on his cell phone. Hal, this is so exciting! They all know that I'm here in jail, chained to these guards, because I've been preaching Jesus. This is so cool. And, and you know what? They've all been hearing about Jesus. He could have got depressed. Here I am. I'm called to be the apostle to the Gentiles. I'm supposed to be preaching before kings. I'm supposed to be preaching before emperors. I'm supposed to be preaching before governors, which I've done. But here I am. I can't even go to Spain. I wanted to go to Spain and bring the gospel over there. And I can't get over there because <coughs> I'm under arrest. Could have just gotten down. No, he's all. They all know that I'm here because of Jesus. Do people know that you live in your house because of Jesus? People know that you're living in that apartment building you're living in because of Jesus. Well, I thought, I thought that's because I picked that place. Oh, okay. 
You might have picked it, but God put you there. Hello? People should know you, who you are because of who you serve. <laughs> and then we find that Paul goes on in verse 14. Let's just read verse 14. And most of the brothers, having been come confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, let me just say that again. And most of the brothers, having become more confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Huh. We need to focus on being bold. And then Paul finishes up here in verse 15. Some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But I want you to focus on being bold. Why did Jesus say, wait in Jerusalem? I want you to wait to Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Why? Because you're going to be my witnesses. Why? What's going to happen when the Holy Spirit comes upon you? He's going to give you boldness. Boldness to do what? To be my witnesses. If you lack boldness, just ask for the Holy Spirit. Come on. He can take the most me. This morning I was watching Fox and Friends. It's, did you know that it's Blueberry Pancake Day? It's National Blueberry Pancake Day. So they, they brought in a famous restaurateur, meaning a guy who owns a restaurant, to make his famous blueberry pancakes, and you can buy his blueberry pancake mix and make them. But he was so shy that the host had to do most of the talking for him. Which is okay. Hal would want them to speak for him too. Yeah, but he made the pancakes and they all loved it. And he made a blueberry sauce there with blue to put on top. The blueberries were in the pancakes and the blueberry sauce was on top of the pancakes and they were just scarfing them down. But I'll tell you what, you could be the most shy person and you get the Holy Ghost and he will make you bold for Jesus. You'll even surprise yourself. How in the world am I doing this? It's all because of him. That's why, we, that's why he told them to wait in Jerusalem. And what happened after 10 days? They got all filled with the Holy Ghost. What happens when you get filled with the Holy Ghost? You become bold. They were scaredy cats all up in the upper room, 120 of them, all locked behind closed doors, had the windows locked up, all scared of the, the religious leaders and the Roman soldiers. And what happened when they got filled with the Holy Ghost? They all poured out of the windows and out of the doors and they're all over the city preaching Jesus. And, and so much so that somebody said, what, are these all drunk? I guess they were being obnoxious about it. Oh, you got to know Jesus. Let me tell you about Jesus. Let me tell you about that guy that got crucified. He rose again. And I've seen him. And he wants to touch your life and get you. Know, he wants you to get saved. Why are these guys drunk? And Peter said, Are you nuts? We're not drunk. It's nine o'clock in the morning. This is not when you get drunk. <laughs> but this is that what the prophet Joel spoke about. The 
boldness of the Holy Spirit came upon them. And 3,000 people got saved. Men got saved that day, along with the women and children that were in their families. So it was more than 3,000. By the time they got done, because the next group was 5,000, by the time they got done, they had over 10,000 people saved in the church in Jerusalem. And then they started going to the then they started going out to Judea and Samaria, and then they they launched out into the rest of the world. Syria, Turkey, Greece, Italy, and eventually the United States, Australia, Indonesia, Japan, China. Christians are all over the world today because of the boldness the Holy Spirit can give. <clears throat> See, we need aid from the Holy Spirit. With Christ, there is no fear if we trust the Lord. Trust the Lord. He's going to get you through. He's going to go get you through what you're going through right now. Ask, right now, you can ask him for the peace that passes all your understanding. We'll keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord. God can give you peace that nobody can. And it'll go beyond your, I can't understand how I can have peace with all this, this storm raging around me. It has to be Jesus. I don't know how I have joy in my life when I feel I'm not really that happy, but I feel joy. You don't want happiness, you want joy. The joy comes from the Lord. Joy can get you through anything. Joy isn't fleeting. Joy isn't bipolar. Come on. Happiness is bipolar. It never knows if it wants to keep you happy or, or, or disappear for a while. But joy is different. You can lose your house, have a tornado come and wipe out everything else you have, and, 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 all the, and your money all disappears, and you still have the joy of the Lord. It's the weirdest thing. A ask Job. Job lost his kids, he lost his money, he lost his homes, he lost his livestock, he lost his living. Sitting there in the ashes, had boils all over him. Mourning the fact he lost his kids, his wife comes along and says, why don't you just curse God and die? I mean, he's even having marital problems. Oh, his, but remember, his wife lost all those things too, right? And, and what happens? The one thing that Job never lost through the whole story was his joy. Why do you think he kept on worshiping the Lord and he didn't listen to his friends? Oh, his friends were so wonderful. Oh, Job, you must have done something wrong. He didn't do a dang thing wrong. <laughs> Satan said to God, look at your servant, Job. I bet if I go down there and take everything away from him, he, he, he's not going to serve you. And God just rolls his eyes. Can you imagine having to have Satan come up to you, come into the throne room every day to accuse, the, accuse somebody down here? Because that's his job. He, he's the accuser of the brethren, meaning those the children of God the sons and daughters of God. He goes up there every day and he accuses different ones of us. And God just rolls his eyes. Oh, when's he going to learn? No. 
You don't know Job the way I know Job. And when we get done, my word, everybody's going to know Job. Nobody's going to forget about who Job is. Did you know that's the oldest book in the whole Bible? Written way before Moses penned Genesis. Everybody knows who Job is, right? Job didn't give up on God. He held on to him. I'm going to stay bold for the Lord, even though I'm going through a mess. I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring, but he does. And he even gets into a debate with God. And God starts saying, hey, Job, did you, uh, did you set the boundaries for the oceans? No, you did. Did you hang the earth in its orbit? No, you did. Did you make all the plants and the animals? No, you did. Um, Job did, and he goes into these, God starts asking questions of Job, and Job starts thinking, oh my word, why am I having a pity party here? He did it all. If he could do all that, he can meet my need. And when Job started praying for his miserable friends, and started praising the Lord, all of a sudden, see, he never lost his joy. All of a sudden, God started restoring everything to Job. And by the way, he restored everything Job's wife lost, too. They never said they got a divorce. She couldn't, you know why she did what she did? She lost her kids. She lost everything along with Job. She didn't have a place to live. She had to go back and live with Mama for a while. And she really didn't want to go back to her mother's house. You know, Job's wife, Job's mother-in-law was named Carol. <laughs> didn't want to go to, to her mom's house. That gotcha. <laughs> and, and, and. But she saw her husband suffering and she couldn't take it anymore. Why don't you just. And she lost. She, she didn't. That put her over the edge on her faith. But when God restored everything, he restored it to both Job and her. They had twice as many kids, twice as many cows, twice as many lambs, twice as many goats, twice. It, it, it was just double. Because God restored everything that the canker worm had stolen from them. And we still talk about Job today. But the fact here is, Paul's saying, hey, because of my change, because the Church is seeing what I'm going through. They become more confident in the Lord by my imprisonments. And are much more bold to speak without fear. We need to trust the Lord. Lean not unto our own understanding, but trust the Lord. But we also need to check our motivation. Hello, Corey. Right? We better check our motivation. Because it says here, some indeed preach Christ from envy, from feeling like they're in rivalry with me, but others from good will. Where should we fall in those three categories? We should be being bold because of the good will of God and wanting to see people saved. Not because we're trying to make a name for ourselves. Not because we're envious of somebody else. I was talking to one of the pastors in the, on the district, and I always talk to these young pastors of, remember those 
who pastored before you, they laid a good foundation for you so that you will be blessed. In pastoring that church you are in now. We don't need to be... And the church I was talking to are in the backyard of a megachurch. One of the pastors who pastored there, it really bothered his thinking. I can't compete with the mega church in Ixar. Why? Why do you need to compete with them? Your your church. You have your people. And, and you guys are much better than the mega church next door because of who you have. Because you have Jesus. You can offer things that that mega church can never offer people. Community. And I was telling the new pastor, I said, you've got a group there that you can grow even more. And they're excited. And one day you will be able to move that church into a better location. And you won't be in the backyard anymore. You won't be in the shadow. Because he's got a good church with good people who love Jesus. And then with our, in our thoughts, we need to, fo- see, if, if we start getting our thinking focused on the positive, oh, I forgot to tell you that part. Paul was focusing on the positive even though he was in chains. Focus on being bold. And lastly, from this passage, we focus on what will cause us to rejoice. Come on. Focus on what is going to cause us to rejoice. So when the aches and pains come along, they don't bother us so much because we're focused on what's going to cause us to be rejoicing. Listen. The latter do it out of love. Those are those who are motivated because of goodwill. The latter do it out of love. That I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition. Not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me by my imprisonment. Oh, they thought they could bring more affliction to his imprisonment. Oh, that Paul, he brought this on himself. No, he didn't. He was there for Christ. He was there to further the gospel. He was there because from that prison, he wrote several prison books that we have in our Bible. He had more time to focus on doctrine so that we would have sound doctrine instead of having false doctrine to live by. Right? What then, he says in verse 18, only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth. Here's his focus. Whether by pretense or in truth. Whether they're preaching out of wrong motivation or they're preaching out of correct motivation is what he's saying. Christ is proclaimed. See, all that Paul, mattered to Paul was that Jesus Christ and him crucified was proclaimed. And listen to this. And in that, and in that, 
What does he say? And in that, I rejoice. What motivates you? Come on. What motivates you? That's the question that Christ has preached. That, that you can affect somebody else with a kind word. Showing a little love. If our outlook is right, our thinking will be right. Hmm. So, what causes Christians to rejoice? Is it because we can prosper? If all we care about is prospering, are at, we're not focused on the right thing. What should... That's a byproduct. That's a byproduct. Being the, Prospering is a byproduct of having the right focus. Come on. Hello? What should make Christians rejoice that Christ is proclaimed. If we are proclaiming Christ, we are scattering the right kind of seed. And if we scatter the right kind of seed, we will be reaping the right kind of reward. And if every Christian would just do what the Word of God says and tithe, do you know the American church could fund every mission endeavor without ever having to take up a special offering if every Christian would just tithe. Because all the budgets would be met and there would be so much money left over to go get people saved. That's the only reason we need money, is so that we can do mission work. <laughs> South American Call, one of the pastors is on the board is going through a health issue, and we need to pray for him. If, you have, if you're getting the email through your phone or through Facebook, you know what I'm talking about. Well, I got a, I got a text from Missionary Joe that they were having a board meeting. And at that board meeting, that pastor who's going through a health issue was going to be able to join in as well. You see, I'm going through a health crisis, but my focus is getting souls saved. If that's our focus, this church is not going to be this many like this. This is great. We're family. This is home. But I'm believing that we are going to see these seats filled. Because we're going to be, and these tables won't be able to be back there because we'll have to have them as rows to fill the place up. And hopefully we'll have that wall down back there so that we can have a nice dining area and put the tables back there. We'll have our kitchen here, but we'll transport the food down there. Won't that be nice? And we can have a, we can have, instead of carpet on the floor, we can have our flooring on the floor 
right? And that way, if somebody spills, they don't have to worry about the carpet. Wouldn't that be nice? I'm, all, I'm so afraid of spilling. We love you. Stop being afraid. Just enjoy. Right? We got a carpet cleaner. But wouldn't that be nice? And then when we got to the point where we, if the Lord tarries that we could build a dining hall, wouldn't that be nice? But I believe in God for a lot. He has us all planted here. Why? To win some. If our focus becomes Christ and him proclaimed, Jesus Christ and him crucified, and we're proclaiming that to everyone that we know, our church will fill up. The most important thing a Christian can do is win souls. If that is our focus, we will begin to rejoice. Joy becomes predominant in our life, and joy is not a fleeting emotion. Paul had joy even though he was imprisoned by Rome, waiting to be executed. See, Nero didn't like him. He was waiting to be executed. And when he got done writing 2 Timothy to Timothy, and he sent it off, it wasn't long after that that Paul went to the place of execution. And a Roman soldier stood behind him with a sword. And before Paul knew it, his head was off his body. He was a Roman citizen, so they did it standing up. They distracted you. And whoosh, it was done. He wasn't going to be tortured. Couldn't be against the law. Couldn't be crucified. Couldn't. It was against the law. He was a Roman citizen, but he couldn't be fed to the lions. He couldn't be. It was against the law, but they could take his head off. But Paul instructed this. We know this from church history. Paul instructed the Christians in Rome that after so many days, they could go get his body. They went and got his body right away, but so many days they could go get his head. And they secretly buried him in Rome. Nobody knows where he's buried. They did the same thing with Peter. They secretly buried him so nobody knows where either one of them because they didn't want anybody to dig up their bones and worship him. Because Paul and Peter both were concerned that someday the church might get a little loopy in their thinking and worship us. And they're not to worship us. Don't worry. Paul got mad. Remember Paul? Paul and Barnabas was in that one town and the whole town was going to start worshiping them as gods because they healed somebody. And they said, no, and they tore their clothes. We're men just like you. Stop worshiping us. Worship him. Worship Jesus. You're not to worship us. Let's get our focus right. Our focus is right. Our thinking will be right. And if our thinking gets right, we're going to see all the other stuff start lining up with this right here. And we'll put on the mind of Christ. And we will have our minds renewed by him. And we will be healed of all sorts of stuff that's been troubling us.
Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you and praise you for this message today. Lord, help this message be real in our lives. I really believe there are those here today that needed this encouragement to get our focus right. Oh, my word, Lord, we have so many distractions. Facebook, uh, Twitter, or X, um, all the other stuff. Uh, Lord, we could just start naming it all. And Lord, TikTok and, and people getting upset online and like that cartoon I saw last night where Dennis the Menace asked his parents, what did you guys do to distract yourself before cell phones? We got so much of that stuff going on. Distraction, distraction, distraction. And then the news isn't better. Lord, if we would just get our focus on you, all that other negative stuff will just fade into the background. And we'll be able to just enjoy you and each other. And then, Lord, we could learn how to use that social media as a tool to, to lift you up. Oh, I just praise you. I thank you. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. So, I've been seeing people using social media in a good way lately. The coach of the Ravens, they're playing in the championship game today. Coach of the Ravens got up to speak to the media and he started with a Bible verse. <gasps> How about that? And then he decided that he was going to, and the team decided they were going to show how they end every game in their locker room after he gives their little pep talk after the end of the game, telling how, how much he loves those players, you know. And they showed them all on their knees in a big circle, gathered around with each other, saying the Lord's Prayer. And they put that out on line to show everybody this is what we do. And then a guy that people probably didn't know this about, I'm hoping the Vikings decide to keep Kirk Cousins, because he might not be with the Vikings this year. I'm hoping it. All of a sudden, all over my TikTok kind of stuff, the reels on Facebook, here's Kurt Warner, not Kurt Warner, I'm sorry, um, Kurt Cousins, preaching the gospel. Then I discovered, oh, no wonder the local media don't like him. He goes to churches. He speaks to different groups. He's, not, he's bold with his witness about who Jesus is. Did you know the Vikings didn't pick him? He picked the Vikings because he saw the need in Minnesota, and he and his wife decided they were going to come to Minnesota and play for the Vikings? He says, and all that money I have, that's because God gave it to me, not because the Vikings gave it to me. They opened, God opened that up, because I learned a long time ago, my father taught me to surrender all to Jesus and not worry about everything else. Make sure he's always number one. Oh, I got, all of a sudden, I got a lot of respect for that guy. You know? And his teammates just love him. You know, 
We need to start, we need to use social media. That's why I do coffee break Monday through Friday. I just discovered I had a relative I didn't know existed. She's actually my cousin's cousin. And, and she started checking. I found out who it is. She checked out 20, there was, she liked 20 some of the coffee breaks and sermons. <laughs> and, and this morning, I got a friend request from her. Who is this person? And I went and looked, and it turns out she is a niece of my Aunt Alice. But Jack's niece, Alice's. And I thought, wow! And she had all these pictures out, Grandma Kufal and all this stuff. And I'm going, huh! So I'm going to have to go and friend her. You know, I didn't even know who she is because I, I didn't recognize the name. But I thought, how cool is that? But she found me, not just because I'm friends with Judy, my cousin Judy, and my other cousin, but she found all of these things I've been doing online. I had another cousin who said, I wish we had known each other growing up. I, I, there's, there's reasons why we didn't, but ridiculous reasons. But we've become friends all of a sudden. He sent me a Christmas card. He says, I think it's so cool that you're a pastor and you're standing for the Lord. And I've always liked his dad a lot. So it is amazing what God can do. See, we can use social media for positive. We don't need just to go there and look and, and, and get all upset. I, I like, that, I like those, that farmer family from Nebraska that I get a kick out of. Grandma and her two grandsons. And, and because outside of, they use those little funny things to get people to come over to the other things where the two boys are talking about Jesus. And they hold a Bible study every week on Facebook. Isn't that cool? And, and they're talking about the Lord. But I love their things, you know, about being rebels. <laughs> Because rebels are those who stand up for Christ. Rebels are those who still want to be farmers. Rebels are those who still want to eat meat. Rebels are still want to drive vehicles that take gasoline. Right? We're not giving up our cows. <laughs> cows are good for the environment. <laughs> Amen. Oh, God's so good. Amen. So let's focus on what needs to be focused and stay positive about the things that need to be positive in our lives. And I'll tell you what, you won't be so depressed. You won't be anxious because you know he's got it. He has it handled. Amen? Amen? We're going to start getting altar calls again, I feel. God's starting to loose things around here again. We're going to see people filled with the Holy Spirit and get bold for Jesus. And then watch out, Wapitan. Watch out, Breckenridge. Watch out what's going to happen in our families. Wow. Amen? Because we need more of him and less of all the other nonsense. Amen? Lord, thank you again for this day. Thank you for bringing us together. Thank you for this beautiful family, Lord, that is our 
honored guests today. And Lord, we just praise you, Lord, for your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. We are dismissed.